Welcome to our Pride episode of Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas, and I'm joined by the lovely, rainbow, and queer as fuck... Beverly Bryan. I, I mean, did I out you, girl? Is it, is it that month? I, uh, I thought I was out, but probably <laughs> not... I don't know. I'm not, I haven't put everyone I noticed. It's not in my Twitter bio. Eh, whatever. I mean, we're, like, it's, you know, if there was ever a month or an episode or a day or a week... To really have these conversations, I think this is it. We, we talked All right, about it in well, our first episode. If you guys didn't know that I was into girls, we're not really friends. Yeah. But that's cool. There's still hope. I mean, you know, we, we are both uh, very queer individuals. Um, again, if, if, you know, if you listen to this, you probably know us. Um, so, you know, again, thank you for continuing to listen. But, um, yeah, this is our Pride episode. Um, we have a lot going on. Um, this is an episode we were really looking forward to. Um, this week has been nuts already. Uh, we'll go into that a little bit, um, further on. Um, but I don't know. There's a lot of emotion. Yep. Um, so it's been tough. Uh, that's why I wanted to open up with, uh, Shirley Bassey, uh, instead of our usual go-to, um, you know, the song is emblematic of authenticity. 
I am what I am, you know, and uh, it's a, you know, it's a queer standard that, you know, every old queen on the scene knows this song. Um, but, you know, we're, we're going to be talking about the uh, unfortunate, the, mass- the massacre that took place uh, in Orlando. Um, and sort of like this, this episode, we, the playlist has morphed like 17 times, hasn't it, Bev? Yeah, I mean, um, we were planning to do a Pride episode for weeks. We were super excited about it. Um, and then bullshit happened. We're still excited to do the Pride episode, but as soon as I heard about the shooting in Orlando, I knew that we couldn't do the same episode that we had originally planned to do. This sort of um, changes everything. Um, I'm really happy that we have a an incredible amount of music at our disposal. Um, there are many uh, artists uh, who've touched on this subject matter. So I think um, even though we will have plenty to say, and you're in for probably what's going to be our longest episode to date, um, we, have, we have a crop of artists who are going to guide our emotions, um, I feel. We have songs for all the feels. Indeed. Just you wait. Um, so first we're going to start with how we're feeding, feeling immediately, which is, I think, pretty fucking pissed. Um, who are, who are we listening to next, Bev? Um, I immediately thought that, uh, the first choice, even before, um, any of this happened would be, uh, to definitely include Play Limp Wrist in our, during our Pride episode, um, Martin Sarandagai is of Los Crudos and also of Limprist, is one of the raddest punks who has ever lived. Um, he is from Chicago of Uruguayan descent and also gay. And in his uh, two hardcore bands and a lot of his work and all kinds of writing and amazing shit, he has explored both of those things and the intersections of those things and he's just an incredible person and I think Limprist is one of my favorite bands because um, I love the things that they talk about, I love the way that they love hardcore but also insist on making it work for them because I feel like punk does belong to everybody and should belong to everybody and you know it's just if it doesn't fit you or if people aren't doing it the way you think they should you do it your way and don't listen to anybody else because there's somebody wishing that you would do that so that they can be your fan or you might inspire them to make their own band which is how we get queer core but I don't know I'm rambling anyway the song that I was originally going to do is um I Love Hardcore Boys or and or I Love Boys Hardcore, which is fantastic. And it's it's talking about because um, I don't know, sexuality can be very hard, like in general, can be very taboo in the hardcore scene, let alone being gay. But um, this song is just like, oh, my God, you're also hot. And it's sort of like, I don't know, it's brilliant. Um, and but, you know, um, Limpress has another song called They Want Us Dead that um, I thought would be important to include in this episode. And it's, it's angry, and it's beautiful, and it's truthful. So Two sides of the same experience. Yeah. Uh, let's go ahead and listen to that. Mm-hmm. 
because I, I like punk, but I'm, it, hardcore is really hard for me. I can appreciate that. Oh, you mean musically it's more accessible? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I have this thought that, like, also, I mean... I, c- I couldn't understand, like, I couldn't understand a word he said, and I love hardcore boys. This song is... I can't, I can't understand anything. I mean, <laughs> one reason I thought this song would be good is because it's very in-your-face about the fact that, like, there are, like violence against gay people exists. Mm. And the threat of violence exists. That it's that it's always there. Well, he said, uh, th- "Isn't there a line about like how a man in the Middle East is thrown off a roof?" No, um, but that's a thing that happens. But the line's not in there. There's something about like uh, two men in the Middle East being hung for being gay. That's there we the go. Line. Okay, well, <laughs> all right. Let's let's split hairs. Um, <laughs> thrown off a roof, hung, whatever. Well, I mean, ISIS has been throwing people they have off been roofs, doing that. so that's why I'm like, it's oh. true. Um, yeah. So, I mean, one of the things, obviously, um, uh, surrounding this whole uh, terrorist attack, let's just call it that, um, is, you know, is that the man was uh, the son of, you know, Af- uh, Afghan immigrants. And so this has totally stirred up this um, Islamophobic uh, sort of uh, whirlwind and everybody's just, you know, ranting and stuff. And... You know, like, I mean, religion obviously comes into play, but I don't think in the way that people are like, oh, Muslims are out to get us or whatever. Um, You know, it's sad that, like, it was only labeled a terrorist because this man is was obviously of of Muslim descent. Yeah, otherwise, Um, normally we classify these things as hate crimes. Right. Or mass shootings, but at the same time, it's like... um, how many hate crimes have been carried out on this scale? I think I, so. I, I think I'm just exhausted. I think that's how I feel. Um, I feel like there's just a lot of noise, um, and you know, I, I don't think we've been allowed to mourn properly. Uh, I, you know, before um, Donald Trump started making it about him. Right. Well, I mean, you know, he's a politician. Obviously, he's going to do that. I'm not mad at him for doing that. I mean, yeah, but, like, Barack Obama had the sense to make it about the gay community. Right. Um, And, again, like, and I... Look, we know what to expect from Donald Trump. I'm not mad at him for being himself. I just... I don't see him. I don't don't think of him. I don't feature her. You know, like... Fair enough. Not not in my spectrum. But I I just... I'm a little upset about the noise. Um, There isn't like, a focus on, like, obviously, like, law enforcement and politicians are going to do their part, which is to make this noise and to investigate, and curious minds are definitely going to want more info and more details, but I feel like us as a community, it's just, I'm I'm not interested in that, and there's a lot of infighting now, um, you know, because obviously there are people who are making a lot of Islamophobic remarks, um, other people talking about how he was closeted because more details are coming out, and apparently he was a regular at Pulse nightclub, um, apparently he was a, uh, like he had a jacked and grinder and Adam for Adam accounts and he would message guys recent, uh, regularly. Um, you know, uh, it is unclear if he fucked anyone, like none of that's come out. Um, but just give it time, I guess at this point. Um, you know, but like one of the most telling things was something like his father gave a statement, um, and it was very much about. Um, oh, he was upset because he saw two men kissing or whatever. That's, like, apparently what what made him so angry, whatever. 
Um, but then he said, you know, only God has the right to judge, um, you know, gay people or whatever. Um, not, nobody can take their lives or something. And like that, that to me is, is the problem. It's just like, why do you think that there's something to judge? And that's the problem I think with religion that I think that's where religion comes into this, where religion is, um, the suppressing factor where religion is what's teaching ignorance because you know what? Yeah. It was a Muslim guy that came and shot up the club. And then the next day the religious right was talking about how he was doing God's work, you know, Absolutely. And, and that's that's the thing. Like when other when there are other crimes like this, when other terrorist attacks, people are allow- are allowed to mourn, like you said. And then and but this shit, you know, it's not being allowed and it's sort of it's immediately becoming like a fight of people among people who don't even have any connection to the gay community. Yep. About their shit. And it that is also infuriating. I on think, top of everything. I think this is a time to, to be vocal, to be heard. Um, there's been a lot of arguments about that uh, also recently because, um, you know, there have been rallies and vigils um, all weekend, uh, and there will be more all week. Um, it is Pride Month, um, so obviously, like, it hits particularly hard um, and close to home for many of us. And if he was... Um, if the shooter was on all of these sites, he would surely have known it was Pride Month. Yeah, I'm, and obviously, oh yeah, obviously he knew. Um, and it's just, it's it's hard, because um, the, the club is like a sanctuary to our people. Um, there was this amazing, um, I, I don't even want to call it a think piece, I don't want to be insulting, <laughs> um, but it was called uh, In Praise of Latin Night at the Queer Club, and it was written by Justin Torres, it appeared in the Washington Post, I read um, that when you shared it, and yeah, I wouldn't call it a think piece. It's more of a prose poem. Yeah, it is a really special, and it's devastating and healing in sort of the same way. Um, and, like, I wept uh, on the train <laughs> on, the, on the way home because um, it's very much— I've, I've been doing nightlife in New York City for a few years, and um, I have not—I've uh, never felt like I fit in until I started doing nightlife you know, where the weirdos and the, you know, the crazies and like, you know, where gender sort of became a little blurry. I'd never really felt like I fit in until I got there. And this is very much that, um, an expression of that. Um, and so like, yeah, for a lot of people who, who are politicized in the outside world, um, in the, on the inside of these sort of, um, places of worship, if you will, um, is is a place where we can be ourselves authentically without like pressures of the outside world, um, and and that for me is very very profound. You know, um, I don't. I just have no words anymore. I just I'm exhausted. All I want to do is cry. Oh, I, I don't want to get out of bed for the rest of the week. I just it's very it's harsh. I you know I consider I count myself so lucky. I didn't know anybody who passed. I don't know anybody who knew anybody who passed. Um, it's just, it's that sort of brutal reality of something that I've always known, which is that the world hates us. Um, in no uncertain way, they just hate us. Um, and I, and again, that's something that I am, am hoping to convey through the music that we're going to be playing today. That's, that's the thing. It's like, this isn't actually 
even eye-opening. It's just devastating. Mm. Um, anyone who's been affected by this knows that something like this could happen at any time. But it doesn't change it when it actually happens. It doesn't make it any easier. Um, you have uh, you brought in another song, uh, by a song by Condenada. I feel like this is a good place to continue. Yes. Condenada is another amazing, powerful band. And this is the kind of music that I find healing. Um, uh, the band is made up of members of different sexualities, uh, some of whom are queer. Um, I might have mentioned uh, the band is from Chicago. I don't believe they're currently together, um, and they didn't have a lot of songs, but they're really incredible and make really beautiful music, in my opinion. And um, we decided to go with uh, the song Amor es Amor. Mm-hmm. And um, we're actually going to be pairing that with a track by Rita Indiana, who is uh, one of my faves, and I think you know we mention her almost every other episode. Um, a very influential queer figure from Dominican Republic. Um, and the song is Nota Llevando el Diablo, which is a um, sort of an expression uh, in Dominican Republic as like, it's all going to hell. We're fucked. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to play those for you and we'll be right back. to a hardcore show in recent memory? No. It's, it's you not gotta, for me. You gotta go live. I'm not a physical person. Well, you don't have to be. You don't have to get hit. No, you can just stand in back. Actually, the closest to, like, a really intense mosh that I've been at is uh, at a Molotov concert. Um, that could be like that. Yeah, a little bit like that. Yeah, I, I was actually with Joel from Remescla, and, like, I wanted to get pictures, and he was like, you're crazy, and, like, he started <laughs> walking the other way around. I was like, well, fuck it. He's like, bye. I kind of got in it, but I was like... Very much on the periphery, but I, I can definitely say I was in the pit, for sure. I mean, just, I feel like this is music you have to experience live. Agreed. Like, we gotta go see Downtown Boys or something sometimes. You can just, like, be there and have it hit you in the face and be like, you don't like it. Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I wish this was on. This was recording. It is recording. Is it right now? Yeah, of course. Exclusive. Okay. Presidente 
right, so this song, um, you know, it's very much about, like, uh, I mean, no está llevando el diablo, right? So, like, we're fucked. The devil is just taking us. It's all going to hell. Um, so it's very much about that idea of, like, all is lost, you know. I mean, the song is mostly about, like, the economy and, you know, uh, just, uh, uh, what do you call it? Like, strikes in the streets and, like, the government is corrupt. And, I, again, this definitely can be run through the filter of social injustice, um, which I think probably works really well with Condenada, wouldn't you say? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. She is. You can hear uh, Rita Indiana's anger in this song, mm-hmm. and it it really that really comes across. And of course, um, as a queer woman, this is going to be like all of the aspects of this are going to be part of her awareness. You know. Well, absolutely. I mean, I think I think one of the most important things that Rita Indiana has, and obviously that we all have, is our voice. Um, and Rita Indiana. Um, in Dominican Republic is, is an, I mean, it's just an unmistakable voice because it is a, a pretty conservative uh, society. Again, as I, as I said, like, from Dominican Republic, she's the only, like, major queer figure that I can think of. I mean, I'm sure there's a few more here and there, whatever, but Rita Indiana is, you know, just is feet above everybody else, um, you know, like, and she was going to award shows with, like, her partner. Um, she had to, like, leave Dominican Republic for Puerto Rico because she was androgynous, um, and she had a very successful uh, modeling career in Puerto Rico, even came to live in the U.S. for, for a time. Uh, I mean, and she was, like, an artist. She's a very successful writer. Um, and then, again, like, the, the, the matter of voice. Like, she has uh, characters that are queer. She incorporates that into her visuals, into the music. Um, and I think, uh, and again... And she I, por- she's portrayed um, masculine characters in her videos. Absolutely. She's, like, her artistry is complete. I think, and I actually, I want to I wanna, uh, continue on that track of sort of, like, the voice. Um, you know, there's been a bit of controversy uh, because with, at all these vigils, different cities, different celebrities, and different politicians have been uh, making appearances. Um, and actually, there's been kind of a, a bit of a, a firestorm here in New York uh, over, the, over the weekend because um, yeah, on Monday... There was a vigil in front of Stonewall. Uh, it was the second vigil, but this was the one that was like actually prepared with the, the governor and mayor who were in attendance. And then uh, Nick Jonas from the Jonas Brothers um, was a guest speaker. Um, and a lot of people are asking, why the hell was he there? Other people are saying, well, an ally is an ally, and that's all good and great. And I, and I agree with that to that extent. But just, I've heard people tweeting about this, but I also, but, but they were tweeting about celebrities and politicians right. addressing people, and um, some very great tweets were like, instead of listening to them, but, um, but I also saw people tweeting about Nick Jonas, and I'm like, why? Well, and that, that's the point. The point is that, you know, we have a white, cis male um, who is straight but panders to, you know, the gay fan, his gay fan base because he's sexy and he makes pop music. He's been performing well, at... Well, I guess that's cool of him. Yeah, I mean, he's been performing at, like, gay clubs over the last year, two years maybe, um, making appearances here and there, which is all great and all. He released an album three days ago, and then here he is now... Laying. So it seems opportunistic. Very. Um, and again, it's... Look, an ally is, is an ally, and I completely agree with that. He has a place at our table. Is he an ally, or did he just get booked for this? You know what? He's been saying a lot of very positive things. Apparently, he's played a gay character on TV. That's all nice. That's great. Again, he has a place at our table. He has a place at our battles. 
Um, he doesn't necessarily deserve a place on a podium speaking to, you know, on, on this issue that he knows nothing about because his, he does not have experience as a queer man. Um, I think that's very reasonable. You know, again, like, you are welcome, but there are more qualified uh, people to hear um, or to have an attendance. And who don't get heard from. Um, And a lot of people were comparing that to Lady Gaga being at in Orlando, uh, I think, yesterday or the day before. Um, But you know what? Lady Gaga has written songs about us, not around the tragedy, not around pride. Lady Gaga identifies as a member of the queer community because she's bisexual, you know, and that's that's a different story. I mean, and again, I yeah, no, I don't think you should write someone off simply because they're a celebrity, right? People, celebrities are also human, right? And 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 celebrities also have their opinions, and I'm not saying that their uh, opinion is worth less than than ours who are not, or ours who are down here in the trenches or whatever. That's all good and all. Like, I mean, you know, it. Um, a megaphone, a voice that's amplified by celebrity is just as valid as ours. Um, you know, but I think it needs to be done carefully, you know? Um, and again, Lady Gaga has been present at our rallies and stuff. And yeah, is she profiteering? Almost certainly. I mean, she's definitely like, I mean, she has a major, 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 major gay fan base and that's, and that's fine. You know what? If you're going to do make a little money and, use your voice for good. I'm not mad about it. Um, you know, but as long as we are all aware of that. Um, and I think with, with Nick Jonas, it just seemed very opportunistic. It's too fresh. Um, and then again, like, you know, a, the, the, I, for me, white voices, male voices, straight voices, often as allies tend to co-opt and drown out Queer voices, colored voices, female voices. Um, again, often without even realizing what they're doing, because but, they're just used to being listened to. Frankly, and that's where concepts like mansplaining, whitesplaining, etc., who, which I love to joke about. Um, but that's that, but that's exactly it, and that's what the point, and this is why that's relevant. Um, again, you may feel about it however you feel. You're right. Like an ally is an ally, but you know the group. Like at some point, the ally sort of damages the group that they're alive too if you don't let them speak for themselves. to now um, this is a this is a different this is a different facet <laughs> of the episode um, this song is in this life by Madonna um, and like obviously she's not Latinx or whatever you want to call her um, she's just some white lady but she, she has 
love, however she expresses it, for the Latino community, though. Indeed. I mean, and she she definitely has strong ties to us, in particular, uh, during this particular um, time in her career. This is from, this song is In This Life, and it's off Erotica, uh, which is, you know, circa 91, 92. This is when she was touring, um, again, the album, and the sex book had just come out, and, you know, most of her dancers were... Uh, black and Latino, and this is when her strongest bonds to the gay community um, were forged. And then, so we have In This Life, which is um, about HIV and AIDS and the AIDS crisis and all the people who um, were taken from us um, during that time. You know, mind you, like, Reagan had, you know, left office in, like, 88, I think. Um, You know, and Reagan did not acknowledge the AIDS crisis. Um, and many people didn't, and there was there was still a lot of misinformation. So it is awesome that she was talking about this at a time when this wasn't being talked about. Her friends were dying. Her friends were dying. That's I mean that's plain and simple. Um, that's one of the, the 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 interesting things about Madonna is that she wrote most of her own songs. Um, and I have friends from San Francisco. Again, this is I, I keep saying I count myself as lucky because I did not have to live through this. I have friends who lived in San Francisco through the early, through the 80s and the 90s, and they're like, yeah, half my friends died. And they'll like, it's not even, they're not even sad when they say it, they just say it like it's just fact. Like what, that didn't happen to you? You know? But now there's a, there's another generation that doesn't really remember that experience. Well, now you have things like prep, you have sex ed to a minor degree, which again, the, the country doesn't really like talking or teaching about, um, but you have these campaigns um, to, you know, stop HIV, you know, get tested, know your status. And these are all really, really important things. Um, and so Madonna, is, this is not the platform that I'm, I'm willing to give to her, um, but I want this song to serve as an intro um, into Me Llamo Sebastián. He has a song called Punto Negro, uh, which alludes to um, a black spot, which um, some people have interpreted as like an Asian of sorts. Uh, it's not necessarily autobiographical. Some of his music is, some of his isn't. I'm not, you know, trying to like blow nobody's spot here. Um, but Me Llamo Sebastián is a really interesting artist uh, out of Chile. Um, and again, you guys know we love our Chilean musicians. And um, Me Llamo in particular is, um, I don't know, it was really hard choosing a, a Me Llamo Sebastián song because he's super, uh, super active, uh, super queer, you know. Super out in a place where not many artists are feel willing or able to do that. Indeed. I mean, he has songs about, you know, trans rights. He has songs about sex workers. He has songs about, you know, closeted men. You know, he has songs about, like, just gender and gender dysphoria and, you know, polyamory. Like, he has he all... He does it with pink hair dressed as a Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. Or Sailor Moon, you know. Um, and, and... Wait, was it a Sailor Moon video and not a Power Ranger one? No, it was a Sailor Moon Has video. he done both? I don't know. He hasn't okay. done Power Rangers. Anyway, sorry. Um, but he's fun and cute and ridiculous and an excellent singer and wonderful musician. And he's a good friend, actually, um, and very successful in Chile. Um, and so, yeah, this is going to be, we're going to play Punto Negro. This is off his most recent album, La Belleza. Um, and definitely watch out for Me Llamo Sebastián. Casi eterno, y aunque lo estrangule, se aferra. 
llevan la carne y nunca se sale y se hace gigante. Espero que no sea un cáncer. Ja, 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 Chiste cruel. Y si es medio maligno, claro que igual lo admiro por su perseverancia. Mi máximo esfuerzo es como si nada Su fortaleza me impacta Tiene la mansa constancia que me sobrepasa Y no se quiere ir Para ir a apretarnos Vamos a enseñarle a las manos limpias Que los puntos firmes nos que Que los puntos firmes nos que Que los puntos firmes nos quedamos Vamos a enseñarle a las manos limpias Que los puntos firmes nos quedamos Pronto llegará el día En que al fin nos encontremos Y juntos los puntos negros Tengamos potencia de trazarnos Que sean cosquillas Que pasen de largo sus cuchillas Sabes que solo han querido Hacernos papillas No lo van a conseguir Punto negro acá ¿Qué quiere hacer? Un llamado a la espiritualidad Ante todos los puntos negros Que quieran conectar Hay que resistir, hay que reforzar Es que siempre van a haber manos limpias para ir a apretarnos Vamos a enseñarle a las manos limpias Que los puntos firmes nos quedan Que los puntos firmes nos quedan Que los puntos firmes nos quedan You know this song um, He talks about like Finding a spot on his On his on, on his back And he's like scrubs it and scrubs it And it won't come out and it won't come out And he's like I know what it is And it's it's just insidious like it just creeps in like the the knowing creeps in on me um yeah it's it's heavy it's it's a part of our community that we can't look away from we shouldn't be looking away from it but also that you know the community should not be stigmatized by this absolutely no one should be stigmatized by this and it does affect everyone you know Absolutely. I mean, it affects, you know, we all know somebody who is positive or was 
positive at some point. Um, I have a number of friends who are, um, and they live with it. You know, it's we are lucky enough to live in an age where it's manageable. Uh, there are medications, there are alternatives to it, and that you can live your life nice and normal. You know, obviously, like it's it's a um, <laughs> it's a new detail. Um, but you and can, you know, I think they will find a cure sometime in the next few years. Absolutely, or I a hope vaccine. I, I hope so. I hope so. Um, we were talking about Miss Columbia today, um, who is a, a drag queen, street performer, um, who goes to uh, parades and events and really any public event that you can think of all over the city. Um, and I, I, I was writing about him, and in my research, I saw uh, that he was diagnosed with AIDS, not even HIV, AIDS in 1988. He was wow. given less than a year to live, um, and you know he's a Colombian immigrant. Was uh, was a lawyer, and this destroyed him. It just flat out destroyed him. And he's like he had no symptoms, didn't have the fatigue, didn't have any lesions, didn't have like the weight loss or the exhaustion, and he was just like, what do I do? And they gave him some medicine, and he sort of like rallied, and that's when he donned like the costume for the first time. And he's like, you know what? I just decided I was gonna have fun with what time I had left. And he's been active. He's a New York City staple for over 25 years. He had, like, again, you've seen him or met him at some point. Um, again, he's, like, on Coney Island. He's in every parade. Um, he Every morning he calls 311 and just, you know, hits the streets. And, like, he even says, I do more in a day than most people do in a week. Um, and I think that, again, that speaks to the resilience of the community. And that speaks to destigmatizing HIV and AIDS and you know people don't stop being people you know just because there's an illness you know now that we can manage it um, biologically we should be able to manage it psychologically and socially that's why um, you know I really think and really really um, think it's radical and important when people like Mickey Blanco are like I'm positive hi Yep. It's just, it's crazy. Because it is still stigmatized. I mean, remember the, the firestorm around Charlie Sheen when he, when he um, was outed? I'm not even going to say that he, like, revealed his status. He was completely outed, um, you know. Um, and there's judgment associated with that. There's just, like, well, you're promiscuous. And, like, I mean, even for me, my knee-jerk reaction is, well, yeah, Charlie, Charlie Sheen is known for, like, you know, doing crazy things and you know, substance abuse and, you know, has fucked his way through, you know, half of the world. And you know what? I'm, I'm not here to tell you that that's wrong. I'm here to tell you that if you're going to do that, be safe while you're doing it and be aware of your surroundings. You know, um, a lot of people think that now that you have prep, right, that you can take this pill and that it'll reduce the, the, the amount of uh, the, the HIV infection rate. I, I have heard um, studies and, and surveys that, you know, there's a younger generation that is not as afraid of AIDS. And that's good on one level, but that doesn't mean you can relax about it. Right. It, no, because another way to fight AIDS is to prevent its spread. Yeah, just not contracting it. Yeah. Uh, you know, and like having these these pills, it's like it's a, it's like having birth control. If, if like a woman taking this pill, all of a sudden she didn't have to use other forms of protection. There's more out there than HIV, guys. There's herpes. There's gonorrhea. There's hepatitis. You know, everybody just needs to be aware of what's going on and just make sure that you treat it. If you know you see something that looks weird, get it checked. 
you be know, safe, kids. Get Don't people, be scared. Get people involved. Take mm-hmm. care of yourself. Again, that's why Take there's care of each other. That's why there's a community. That's the point. Okay, but enough about like being your parents. Um, Do your parents know where you are right now? <laughs> I'm on the internet. Um, but yeah, so we've we've talked about heavier shit, and I think the point of this is that it, this is a a resilient community, and it's exciting, and we're happy, and like you never know what's going to happen next. Um, you know, uh, fun fact, guys, after this, Beverly and I are crafting because there will be outfits and drinking because it's been a hard week and uh, intoxication is absolutely necessary at this point. Um, we're already working on the intoxication. Hello. I know we said we were going to cut back on that, but... Um, but this is our fucking show and we do as we please, so bye. Next episode, <laughs> we'll be sober. Next time, next time. Um, but yeah, so um, I think we're just going to try to have some fun now. I think, you know, like... Are we going to have fun with my favorite? Yeah. We can't let these assholes win. We're just going to have fun. I I love this song. So what are we going to play now, Bev? Cumbia Queers. That's Cumbia with a K and Queers with a Q. Because they're rebels. The song is called La Isla Con Chicas. And speaking of Madonna, you'll see. And also, what I love about this song is that it's not remotely subtle. So with that, I think that's my introduction. La Isla con Chicas by Cumbia Queers. Anoche una mina en San Telmo Me recomendó un lugar sensacional Lleno de chicas bonitas Yo
one thing I really like about Cumbia Queer is that in addition to the songs that they have that are not remotely subtle <laughs> about being hell of gay, um, is, well, okay. One thing I really like about this song and that that is a quality that it has is that um, it's a Madonna cover, of course, um, of La Isla Bonita. And Madonna has been criticized in a lot of ways for being culturally appropriative. Yep. La Isla Bonita is, I think, a really good example of that, even though I kind of like the song. So this is a song that sort of... They're, they're taking the song that's very culturally appropriative. And the song that is also very heteronormative and is kind of like yeah. imposing this heteronormative perspe- perspective. You know, it's like where a boy loves a girl and a girl loves a boy and sort of imposing this like heteronormative fantasy on, um, you know, Latin Caribbean culture. And they are turning all of that upside down and shaking it. And that's, that's one thing I find very satisfying about this song. Yeah, I mean, like, these ladies are fucking boss as hell. And I, like, I've gotten into them. And punk as fuck, if I may mention. They really, well, and that's why I've actually never really listened to their music so much. Because, like, I would see them, like, and I'd heard about them in some, you know, circles. But then, like, Cumbia Queers, this is obviously from, like, way back when I was a lot less woke, if you will. Um, but, like, Cumbia Queers, and I, I always associated que- being queer with being really radical. And mm. even though I am pretty radical... Um, I was just like, oh, I don't know that I want to, like, listen to political cumbia. I don't know that I can take it. And, like, the more that I listen to them, I realize, oh, my God, they are so much fun. They're, I would say that they're um, more subversive than political. But, okay. I mean, they are political, but it's in a subversive way. Woo! Well, I want... It's wanna, our other favorite. So I want to keep things nice and sapphic with Javier Amena. Yes. Who is uh, the leading gay lady uh, out of Chile. She's the shit, obviously. We talked about her to no end. Uh, she's like one of my faves. And this is Espada. Um, ironically, it's a very uh, phallic song, but... Yes. But or at got- least a penetrative song. Exactly. There's a lot of metaphors like And if that. you watch the video, it is not subtle.
really the only reason to go to like Latin America is to dance to my favorite music. I can't dance to it here. This would be playing at the club in Chile on any given night. Wow. Yeah. At any club? At any club. Well, at gay clubs. Okay. I don't, I okay. don't support straight establishments. But, um, um, and I mean, that's fair. Uh, I mean, unless they also support you, right? So. And which they don't. Um, I don't know if you've noticed that social media has been real silent on the hetero side when it comes to the whole Orlando thing. Hmm. Like, a lot of people are like, oh, this is a senseless tragedy, or like, Muslims. But like, in terms of like, solidarity, you know, your cousin, your parent, your uncle, your friend, been pretty quiet. Been pretty quiet. Um, you know, I'm, I was actually mentioning earlier how like, I'm very thankful that um, my mother has actually been very uh, supportive. My mom, this this has been. I, I want to give you guys a little peek into the psychology of this whole mess. You know, again, I don't. I didn't know anybody. I didn't lose anybody. I didn't. You know, even to be like, oh, you know, the sanctity of our space has been violated. It's more than that. It's more than that. It's just sort of that like harsh. Uh, realization that, you know, the world hates us. That's it. That's it. We're still being killed. There's, you know, there's still over 70 countries where being a homosexual is illegal. It wasn't, it was only legalized here till 2003 or four when sodomy was repealed. I think some of those laws are still on the books. Yeah, they are. They can't remove them. You know, they're like, oh, we're just not going to enforce it. But that's why like cops still go and raid bars on like Texas or Louisiana or whatever. You know, like it's, it's that harshness, you know, like, uh, uh, I think I saw, an, I saw an interview with Clay Aiken, who was in Orlando randomly, I guess he was just there for like Disney or something. And he's like, you know, this rings particularly close to home because in 20 something states, you know, maybe you didn't get shot, but like, or like you could have been shot at this club to, on Sunday, on Saturday, I mean, and then gone to work on Monday and been fired because you are gay. Like, it's perfectly legal. It's perfectly legal for you to, you know, um, be denied work or a household or a bank loan because um, based on, the, on, on your sexual orientation. Um, oh, but wanting to be protected from that is asking for special privileges. People, people were lining up to donate blood for all the people that were injured. There were, you know, 50, 49 people who are dead and 53 who were hospitalized and gay men cannot donate blood because of this HIV, crazy HIV stigma. Does not matter if you test negative. I think some of like a few years ago, it was passed that like if you were celibate for like six years, then you could donate. It's just this insane amount of stuff. It's just like, girl. That's one of like, I don't know, one of the harshest ironies about this. It's our people and we can't even help them. You know what that, what that feels like? That sort of helplessness? You know, and sort of like, um, coming out was is always weird, um, whether you've had a positive or negative experience. And you know, I coming out with my parents was not easy. Um, my dad and I went without speaking for eight years, um, and even even then, we have we have spoken a few times. It's just not. It's obviously not the same. It's not the same, and I, it, it's heartbreaking because like you can tell tell how much my mother really wishes she had her family. And I'm like, I can't offer you that. Um, because at the end of the day, I know that if I'm in the room, he's looking at me funny. All he can see is something going in my butt. And that's his problem, not mine. At the end of the day, I'm living my life for me, not for you, not for him. Um, 
you know, but she's been very supportive. And like this week, she's like, I'm so angry and I'm so sad and I don't know what to do with these emotions. And like, I just want to tell you that I love you. And I think that's what I'm taking away from this is just, I have friends who've messaged me. I, I, I mean, it didn't dawn on me like the psychological impact on the community. I went to just the stone. I, I, I had to go to work the day after it happened. And I went to Stonewall um, just because they were having an impromptu vigil. And like, I didn't know what to do with the emotions. I just, I had to go to work and I had to leave early. I had to leave like two hours early. I told them, I was like, I was so close to calling out guys. I just don't have the, the, the mind right now to be here. And everybody, like people that don't get it, like everybody, you know, was just talking about it. Like it was just another school shooting, like no sensitivity to it. It's just like, Oh my God, did you hear about that thing? Oh my God, that was so crazy. And I'm just like, these are my people. And, like, I even had to say to one particular coworker who's a crazy Trump supporter, I'm like, don't talk about my people. Keep them out of your mouth. I just, no. And they're like, oh, but no, because you don't understand. This isn't about you, you know. And, and it, it, it's infuriating, and it's hard. And, again, you don't know what to do with those emotions. And, like, I went, and I ran into a bunch of my friends because, again, I just know so many people. And everybody was like, how are you holding up? And obviously I wasn't there and obviously I wasn't affected, but it's a psychological impact. I was, I was asked by like four or five people, how you doing? You know, and it like, it dawned on me, like how all these people are, are feeling. I, I, I saw a friend check in nearby and I messaged him, Hey, are you still around? He said, no, I, I'm leaving. I'm going home and just watching Paris is burning on a loop and crying all night. And I was like, Oh God. And I was like, you know, I'm sorry I missed you, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I'll be fine. Just, you know, stay safe. And like, it's sort of this fear that like, we all keep saying that we're not going to live in fear, but it's just like, it's there and it's fucking, it's tough. It's tough. And like all, it, all I've done is like cry and fight on Facebook. I have so much writing that I need to get done and I can't do it. Um, you know, Remezcla actually, full disclosure, reached out to me to write an op-ed and I told him I can't write a fucking op-ed for you. I can't. I can't. I, all I want to write is is anger. All I want to do is punch someone in the face. I have no opinions to give. I don't care about the politics of this. I don't care, you know, what like the whole donating blood thing means. I don't care about like Islamophobia. I don't care. These are my people who were just killed and like I just want to punch someone. And if I write something, it's going to be a super politically incorrect diatribe. And I just, I can't, like, you're not going to publish that. I'm not going to waste my time on that. Um, and so that's why, <laughs> I, I'm sorry if I ranted a little bit, but like, that's why I, I just, this, this, this episode is so important. I just feel like, I hope that this episode is going to offer me some of the therapeutic uh, satisfaction that I, I need and I'm. I don't know if you have anything to add to that, Bev. Just that, you know, if you're out there and you're listening and you're hurting right now, we're, we're thinking about you. We really are. If you didn't hear from everybody that you wish would have messaged you, well, we're thinking about you. Um, and back to music. Um, I think it's only appropriate. Uh, obviously, again, we tried to liven it up a little bit with our uh, lady-loving ladies, um, and well, now we have a different kind of lady. Um, we're gonna, for me, and, and really for most people, like uh, something that most people tend to like forget is that Stonewall, the Stonewall riots were started by trans women of color. Um, uh, Martha P. Johnson, 
um, and Sylvia uh, Rivera, I think was her name, um, they were there. Um, and, you know, if obviously if you saw the Stonewall movie, you didn't see any of that um, because that shit was garbage. Shame on you, Brian De Palma. Did you see that? No, fuck no. <laughs> Girl, I, I, I have a bunch of friends who work at Stonewall and they were like, this is trash. We weren't even approached. Um, so from now on, Songmess is going to have the gay rage corner <laughs> every episode because clearly we need to get more of this out. For real. Like, it's just trash. And so... Uh, uh, drag queens um, are really important part of the community because they have a platform. We have Facebook. They have a stage, and that's very different, you know. Um, and drag queens um, oftentimes are uh, really even drag are even trans women who uh, are drag performers because oftentimes that's really sort of like the the first outlet. Um, you know, this is a, a society that's not super welcoming with gender fluidity or gender transition. Um, so a lot of, uh, trans women usually fall into this world, um, by doing drag, um, and then just sort of like retire from performance, but they, you know, this is sort of a place to find yourself. Um, and so, you know, even for example, in the sixties, Martha P. Johnson and Sylvia, um, they were drag queens, they were drag performers but they were trans women. And so like, um, now you have like Sylvia's place. Um, and, uh, I think Martha's kids is also another one. These are, these are LGBT youth shelters. Wow. Um, yeah. And in honor of these trans women. Um, and so, uh, I have some songs just because like, I want to, I want to keep it lively. You know, these are Queens. Queens will both make fun of you and heal you and just entertain you. And, and again, they will voice your opinions and, and obviously their own. Um, and so I want to play a song by La Prohibida um, called Eres Tan Travesti. Um, it's just campy. It's fun. Just want to dance. What's she saying? Honestly, I'm not sure. It just, it just made sense to me. It's a great pop song. I've been listening to her most recent album, uh, Cien Mil Años de Luz, um, nonstop. It's just such a great album. It's legitimately a good album. It's not even like... Not like the Drag Race girls who, like, you know, have a little fame and then they're like, oh, let me put out a track. It's just good, good, good music. Um, and, and, of course, <laughs> we've been waiting for a chance to share this one with you guys. Um, after that, we're going to play MC Trans, Brilio Nao e Pratodas. And this is a, a trans woman from, I believe, Rio. Um, and it's just... What does, that, what does that mean when you translate it from Portuguese? Shine is not for everyone, honey. Um, and that's exactly what it is. That it is, is beautiful. It is turnt. It is attitude. It is everything you would expect from these girls. Um, and and you also, know, let's, this is important because let's, let's never forget the T in LGBT. Hello. And, and fact, sometimes there's just the G, but let's, the other letters are there. Let's play this track and then come back to that because that is okay. definitely something I want to talk about more. Okay, so this is La Prohibida, followed by MC Trans.
es verdad lo que dicen de ti Que sin menudo plan que vaya por venir Y al final, ¿qué le vamos a hacer? Si tú me odias bien y yo te quiero mal Es verdad, sufrir es un deber Yo ya me acostumbré a delirar Del infierno al suelo Lo que dicen de mí, que siendo tan así, acabaré fatal Es verdad, lo que dicen de ti, que tú me hiciste mal, que yo te pervertí Y al final, ¿qué le vamos a hacer, si tú me odias bien, y yo te quiero mal? Es verdad, sufrir es un deber, yo ya me acostumbré a delirar suelo y luego vuelta a empezar maldito fénix arde como el hielo este amor que me das eres tan travesti besas disparas Cabelo, minhas joias, minha fama, meu luxo Usando meu nome pra te exaltar Sóis escolhidas fazem a carreira acontecer Você é apenas mais uma sem brilho Lutando, tentando se aparecer Brilho não é pra todas Sucesso não é pra todas E a preste beleza é fundamental E isso é para poucos Brilho não é pra todas Sucesso não é pra todas E a preste beleza é fundamental E isso é para poucos 
meu meio, minha oficial Pois se esforça tanto pra tentar ser eu Continue tentando, quem sabe um dia você chega lá <risos> Coitadinha, né? Você nunca vai me alcançar Calcada, fazendo de tudo pra me copiar Cabelo, minha joias, minha fama, meu luxo Usando meu nome pra te exaltar Só as escolhidas fazem a carreira acontecer Você é apenas mais uma sem brilho Lutando, tentando se aparecer Brilho não é pra todas Sucesso não é pra todas E aprende beleza, é fundamental E isso é para poucos Brilho não é pra todas Sucesso não é pra todas E aprende beleza, é fundamental E isso é para poucas Poucas Pra tentar ser eu Continue tentando Quem sabe um dia você chega lá <risos> Coitadinha, né? Você nunca vai me alcançar Yes Right? I, mean, I can just With that beat I can just see someone voguing to this I mean, I've So, so remember when you uh, Decided that you, to, to play Pablo Vittar A few, uh, few episodes back Um Oh, yes. So YouTube does this thing where, like, it goes video to video to video to video. And just, I was like, la, 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 just doing other things. And this song came on. I was like, bitch, what? And then when I saw the title, I was like, that is everything. That is exactly my life. Like, shining is not for everybody, girl. MC Trends <laughs> might actually be our patron saint now. <laughs> my other favorite thing about it is just sort of like copyright doesn't exist in Brazil. It's just like, girl, yeah. This is the part where, you know, I say, like, I mean, isn't that great? Isn't that the best? Like, sorry, Ariana, Miss thing. Like, in Brazil, we're just going to do our own thing with it. And it's like, baile funk, vogue, house situations. I mean, I just, girl, if I were in Rio, I'd be a mess on the dance floor right now. I mean, you know, and that, that is the great thing about Brazil. And it's, you know, um, flagrant flouting of copyright uh it's some tremendous art has come out of this well and the other thing that that's really nuts about brazil is sort of like there's you can't deny the sexual rawness about brazil and sort of this this general high libido um sort of opens up doors for 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 gender diversity as well i mean it is You know, if you go on MC Trans's YouTube or whatever, all her videos have over a million views. Mm. Like, she's successful. And a lot of the queer artists, like Jalot, like, um, fuck, what's his name? Um, I've forgotten his name. Like Jalot, like Boston Drama, like Carol Conca. So is it, do you feel like it's really um, a more open and accepting society? Absolutely. I mean, I've never been there. Absolutely. Um, it's... Because it's different. I mean, it's still a very religious, very Catholic country. But at the same time, there's sort of like, I don't, I don't want to say like, um, like the hijiras or anything like that. But there's definitely sort of like that room for a third gender or for that, that divergence, that like nonconformism, that, that fluidity. There definitely is that room in Brazil. Um, you know, Brazil was one of the first countries in Latin America to pass marriage equality. It, you know, it has some of the most comprehensive laws in terms of 
um, you know, trans rights. It has, um, it passes legislation and they're always, always protesting for trans rights. Um, and, you know, you could argue that, um, you know, trans people, gay people still face a lot of violence and discrimination mm-hmm. in Brazil, but that's also everywhere yeah. as we have seen. So it's like, oh, you know, in many ways, the West can be one of the worst, most repressive places. Um, there are cultures all over the world that are in their own different ways, more accepting. And it's sort of people in the West always assume that, you know, oh, we're the most progressive. Um, we are the most enlightened. And that's not always true. Absolutely not. Just saying. I mean, there's that snootery of like, oh, you know, I'm better. I know more. I'm like, let me tell you what is going on with you, you know. Um, and I th- it's really interesting. I'm, I'm so glad that we're talking about, you know, um, trans musicians now because, like, as you mentioned before, that T in LGBT is often forgotten. It's often just left off the table in terms of issues. Um, you know, uh, we, we were talking earlier before recording about how the agenda for the longest time has been about marriage mm. and about, you know, equality, quality, quality. And it just, you know, made the whole movement squeaky clean and genderless and not genderless, I'm sorry, but asexual, um, very Ken doll crotch, you know? Um, and it's just like, you know, we fuck. That's just the long and short of it. Sorry about it if you don't like it, you know, but that's just real. And, you know, trans women and trans men, exist and they serve in the military and they work and they are your friends and your neighbors and your cousins. Sorry, girl, we're out here. That's just what it is. You know, I mean, and there's just so much room also in between that. Like it's not, you know, the binary is slowly but surely crumbling. And I feel like we've only just begun to learn how like to understand that. Absolutely. I know? mean, I'm not, I'm, I'm sitting here talking like I know my shit. I mean like half the time and I, I have so many trans friends and like half the time I, I'm like, I, I still make mistakes. And I think the most important thing to remember is if you're talking to someone who's trans, if you're talking to someone who's in drag, be it a king or a queen, address them by what they're presenting. If you are not sure, it's perfectly fine to ask as long as it's respectful if you're like, if somebody's on the train and you don't know their gender, guess what? It does not matter. They are not your friends. They are not your partner. It doesn't affect you in any way, shape, or form. You have no business asking someone who's sitting across from you on the bus or on the train, hey, are you a boy or a girl? Like, that's none of your business. It's none of your business. Be like, wow, okay, I, you know, I'm a little confused by that. Move on. Move on. It doesn't matter, you know? If you're at a party and you are in, you know, introduced to someone, be like, I'm sorry, what are your, what are your pronouns? How would you prefer that I address you? That, that is another thing. You don't need to ask somebody what they are. You can ask them how they like to be addressed. Exactly. It's okay to be ignorant at the same time. There is Google and Miss Google got all them answers, girl. You just got to type it in and I promise you, you will get the answers that you need. If you don't understand it, it's fine. It's also none of your business. You know, if you don't like it, that's fine. It's also none of your business. And it's none of mine. I don't need to hear it. That's, I have a friend and it's like, he's not hateful, but he keeps asking me to explain being transgender to him, which first of all, you know, I am (laughs) not a trans person. Not the scholar here. (laughs) 
Um, <laughs> but I, I, he will ask me this because I will be the person who, who will be like, don't say that. Don't say tranny. Right. Um, which now clearly I need to explain everything. But every time I see him, I tell him, look, just Google it, dude. Read up about it. But every time he still wants me to explain it to him. And I'm like, you clearly aren't trying very hard. If, if this clearly interests you. He's like, look, it's fine. I just don't understand. And I'm like, you, you're not trying. So anyway. I mean, at the end of the day, it's not my responsibility to explain to you who I am and why I am. I don't have to. I don't owe you anything. And I think that's where, like, a lot of the conversation was lost here with the sort of fight for equality. I think a lot of people sort of lost the message. We want to be treated equally and respectfully and with dignity by the law, I don't want to be the same of you as you. I want the right to be different. And I think that is where a lot of it got lost. Like, we want the same rights. We want the same benefits. I have no interest in being like you. I don't want to wear khakis and plaid shirts to work every day. I have no interest in that girl. I, I, would, I will continue to wear printed things and necklaces and headpieces and you know, live my life the way that I want to live it. And I will allow you and tolerate, quote unquote, you to wear your khakis and your plaid shirts. And like, I'll live with it and not be bothered, girl, because it's none of my business. But I don't want to be like you. And that's where a lot of people are not quite sure how to deal with things. Very well put. Whoo! Okay, girl, we are letting the children have it today. <laughs> um... But you know what? Uh, okay, okay, cool. If this is a music podcast, we do have more songs. No, girl, I'm, I don't feel bad. Oh, well, yeah, we do have more songs. But, like, I'm like, I don't feel bad about, like, ranting. Because if there was ever a day that we earned it, this is it. You know, because, again, all y'all heteros out there, all y'all little breeders, you don't understand. Like, you don't live the struggle that we live. And, you know, that's, it, I mean, it's a different struggle. You know, and I, I, I had, I was, again, this, it's been a long week of Facebook arguing. And I said to this one guy, I was like, picture yourself as walking into a room and everybody knows that you're different. You don't have to be queer to know. You could be a woman. You could be poor in a room full of rich people. You could be an immigrant. You know, that, that sense of otherness, we all share it. We all share it. And it's just like... That almost everyone. Well, and right. that's that's the funny thing, though. You know, with with so it's so easy to understand how painful it can be to be the only one of something in a given situation, and many, 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 many different kinds of people experience that. So you'd think everyone would be able to have more sympathy for each other. You'd think. You'd think. <laughs> and you know, it's important to to remember we are where we are because of who came he- before us. You know, it's important to honor our icons. Um, And with that, I I think that serves as a good intro into the next set of songs that we're going to play. We're going to play some queer icons for you. Um, You know, we would be remiss if we did not mention them um, on the mail. And we're going to play a Juan Gabriel track. Uh, He actually has a new song, uh, a Credence Clearwater revival cover, which I was kind of, I was, I I was, I mean, I think most people were knocked on their ass by that. Um, And it's Have You Ever Seen the Rain? Um, but you know, when I listened to this, I realized that it, the lyrics to Have You Ever Seen the Rain kind of work as a ranchera. Totally, totally work. I, I, could, I wouldn't even have known the difference. It's, so this is genius, actually. Um, and we've paired it with Chavela Vargas, La Llorona. Why, why La Llorona, mm. um, Bev? 
Well, La Llorona is, you know, a female spirit, a ghost, a legend, and um, she's almost like a kind of goddess or a symbol of a certain um, spirit in Mexican culture. And it's also a song that um, Cavela Vargas is known for, um, and she does it very beautifully. And I don't. I think it's really interesting, you know, that she is singing this song um, that in so many ways is about um, women's experiences and women's sorrow. And But she was known for singing rancheras, which is a very masculine um, genre, although there have been many women who have been masters of the genre, and she was one of them. And it's sort of... To me, it's she does a wonderful job with this. It's a reason. It's like one. It's a, there's a reason why this is one of the songs that she's most known for. Mm-hmm. And it's also you just have to sort of um, know who she was. She didn't come out until um, as a lesbian until very late in her life. But she also she dressed in a very masculine way, and she lived every moment of her life as exactly who she was. And that's one thing that makes her an incredible figure in, in music history. And so these are the things I think about when I hear her inhabit this song. So we're going to listen to Juan Gabriel followed by Chavela Vargas.
todos me dicen el negro negro pero cariñoso todos me dicen el negro llorona negro pero Llorona, 
sí porque te quiero quieres llorona quieres que te quiera más sí porque te quiero quieres llorona quieres que te quiera más si ya La Llorona is one of those classic tracks that everybody's covered. Um, I, again, as you mentioned before, La Llorona is like the, the, the spirit of this woman. And she was a bride. Um, I think she was left at the altar and um, maybe committed suicide. And uh, the, the leg, I, I'm not sure if that's specifically the story, but the legend goes that uh, a woman dressed uh, in a bride, as a bride, uh, roams the highways. And so, like, drivers... Uh, will often see her. Um, That's the thing. There's so many different versions of the story. There's one where there's a story of a woman who drowned her children, story of a woman whose children drowned, and these are all La Llorona. Yeah, I mean, it's a general unhappiness, misfortune. You know, you've seen her, she's seen crying at the river sometimes, and this is, for some people, it's going to, or like washing bloody clothing. Right. Or and this is supposed to presage death, and so there's just there's so many versions of this figure that she, in my mind, has become almost like this spirit of sorrow. It's it's a weird legend, and 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 actually, it's everywhere in Latin America. Like you could go all the way from Mexico to Chile to the Caribbean, and like you know, they have their own version of La Llorona and what La Llorona has done and what La Llorona means. Um, and I think. Uh, you know, I, 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 this, this particular song is, is part of a, a live album that she did at Carnegie Hall, and it's, it's a brilliant, brilliant album, and I, I haven't heard it in a long time. Um, and in the context, in the emotional context uh, of this week's events, it, the song really takes a different tone, and that's something that I've kind of uh, been dealing with this week. Um, all the songs, all music, anything that I really connect to sounds really differently. Um, I don't know if you've experienced that with any any songs lately. No, and I think actually I admit it. You you've asked me a couple times why I picked that song, and yeah. actually part of it might be that um, it kind of strikes a chord with me that it hasn't in the past because it is um, it talks about this figure who is mourning, yeah, or this um, like a spirit of sadness that is like larger than life and all of us. And I can't really explain what that means to me right now, but it, it means something. You know where, where I've, I've found a difference? Um, I, was, I, was, I remember, again, like at this point, like you'll, you're going to remember a lot of specific details and where you were when blah, blah happened. And I was on the train going to work, and I was listening to You Make Me Feel, uh, Mighty Real by, uh, by Sylvester. Um, and, you know, it's pride. I was feeling my oats and I felt cute. And I was on Facebook and that's when I saw that the death toll had risen from 20 to 50. And um, 
I felt so angry and obviously sad and like, you know, that general confusion and all that. And my, like that, that song, which is such an, an iconic song by Sylvester, who was out um, in, you know, he was in a, one of the original Cockettes from San Francisco and he was, you know, uh, he's a legend from the disco era and he died of AIDS complications in the 80s. You know, he, again, he's a queer icon and the song is so joyful and it's about feeling real and feeling your authentic self and within the context of these emotions, um, it made me feel mighty real, but in a different way. It made me feel... Uh, marginalized, othered, attacked, um, made me feel angry. Like I just, you know, like all these thoughts began swirling through my mind and all I wanted to do was fight and cry and like punch something. And, you know, it, it's crazy that, you know, your emotions can completely change the context of a song. Um, even something that's supposed to be, you know, cheerful and beautiful and uplifting. Um, and I think like Yorona in this case is, is a, is a perfect example. And I don't even think we planned for this. It just sort of amplifies, um, that sense of mourning that we have. Um, and then, <laughs> whew, girl, this is a heavy episode. Um, and then we have, um, another, uh, essential part of the community. And I think that's the role of allies. Um, I think that that's that's really important, especially at a time like this, that there there are people, particularly these we're, we're going to talk about two people in um, or you know, two groups of people in the Latin community who, um, in recent years, have stood up and written songs. They didn't have to, completely unprompted, chose to write songs about um, gay people and about accepting gay people. And um, it's sort of, they were both sort of, unex- I think for maybe a lot of people, unexpected folks who did this. Um, Los Tigres del Norte came out with a song, uh, Era Diferente, which if I understand correctly, means she was different. Yep. And... It's a song about a girl who liked girls. And and she was different. And what they say in it is sometimes love is like that. And it's a, it's a really sweet song. Um, and Romeo Santos uh, has a song, No Tiene La Culpa. And it's, it's a song that deals with um, a boy who is gay whose father doesn't accept him. And it's not his fault. <laughs> it's just how it is. So I think both of these songs are beautiful, and it it is really important when um, you know people in the straight community are you know willing to take a stand like that and stick their necks out, and you know speak to people who look up to them, you know, and be leaders that way to create change. Okay, so this is uh, Los Tigres del Norte, followed by Romeo Santos.
los hombres se peleaban su piel corazón Ellos hacían sus apuestas para conquistarla Pero ningún muchacho se ganó su amor Ella era tan diferente a las otras muchachas Jamás le interesó el amor de algún varón Ella era diferente Y a su mejor amiga le regalaba flores Ella era diferente Pero así es la vida Siempre lo protege y lo acepta como es En cambio Don Miguel es muy 
machista y anti Dice que ningún marica entre reino de los cielos Escrito en la Biblia derechito al infierno Señala a Sofía por criarlo a ñoñado. Soñaba con un varoncito que fuera pelotero Resulta que el chico quiere ser peluquero Un poco humillante para un padre severo song um romeo santos is presumably straight but he wrote the song with such feeling and compassion and um really emotional believability about something that's not his experience and you know i'm very impressed with the lyrics to be honest well there's I, i think towards the end of the song he talks about like you know i'm not gay but like my fans some of my fans are and i'm going to acknowledge that and You know, even if you are out there and not gay, like, it's important that you know about this. This is a problem and an epidemic in the world. You know, people are going through this stuff, and I'm going to talk about it. And, like, he makes a point of saying that. 
Um, you know, I... I'm not a big bachata guy. I don't care. And, like, people always look at me like I'm crazy because I'm not an Aventura fan or whatever. And I'm just like, I don't, it's, it doesn't speak to me. But I'm, I really appreciate that, you know, Romeo is actually sort of, like, broadening the, the, the topics. You know, he, he's opening this conversation. Um, you know, like that song by Monchi and Alexandra. Um, I think it's called like Ojem Blanco or something about it's like about immigration and stuff like it's it's really cool to know that like there is room in all these genres for more than just uh, booty calls, you know, <laughs> um, there is room to talk about social issues and like I, indecent proposals. Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, hey, Caribbean culture has, you know, its eyes on the booty and that's what it is, girl. And I mean, ain't no tea. Um, but it, it's just cool to see like there are people just pushing the boundaries and, and pushing things forward. So that's always really exciting. Um, so before we go into our last song, um, I just want to uh, acknowledge a lot of people. Um, we noticed uh, sort of a, a big jump over uh, the last week. Uh, a lot of new followers, a lot of exciting new followers, um, a lot of uh, musicians and bands uh, who we've been featuring are apparently listening. So, hey, shout out to you guys um, and our sharing, which is even crazier to us. Um, thank you. Jesus Christ, thank you so much. Um, thank you, guys. Uh, again, we really appreciate the support. As of now, we're, like, not, you know, sponsored or, or huge or anything. We're not Assault Latino yet. But we are just, you know... Some- Hello, Jarritos, call us. <laughs> yes, we're going we're gonna to fight for that Jarritos sponsorship. But, um, again, you know, thank you guys for all your support. We've been getting a lot of really positive feedback. Um, and, again, we just really want to acknowledge you guys. We, we really want uh, to keep featuring music by, by you guys, the listeners. And, again, like in the past, I've, I've shouted out a number of you. So, um, again, feel free if, you know, if you're one of Beverly's people, you know, send her a track. You know, what, what are you listening to? Um, you know, we want to hear it. We want to feature yeah. it. yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, I mean, like, I, I, you know me. I'm, I'm always trying to be like, hey, girl, I got this new cute song, blah, blah. So, yeah. So, again, thank you so much for, uh, thank you so much for all the shares. Thank you so much for all the encouragement. Uh, welcome to all the new listeners. Um, again, we're always, you know, looking for feedback and suggestions. Please uh, message me, message Bev. You can message us directly uh, at songmessmusic at gmail.com. We are on all the social medias, Facebook, Instagram. Um, at song mess, uh, you know, um, Twitter song mess music, you know, so like we're all over the places. Um, obviously we are still on SoundCloud, but we are still, we're newly on in iTunes. Uh, so please subscribe, rate us, let people know, let iTunes know that we are the shit, um, and see us climb the charts. Right. Cause you know, that's the point. And be on, be on the episode with us, be on the episode with us, girl. Like, you know, message us. Do you feel like there's some some topic that we haven't um, you know touched on that we should. I mean, we are only eleven episodes in, but um, if you have something that you that you want us to talk about, or you if you think you could bring something to this podcast, girl, we ain't famous. We're trying to feature people who yeah, know what the fuck they're talking about. Come on and and talk um, because really we just did this to hang out, and yeah. we have guests on because we want to hang out, and we'll we'll give you snacks and beer. Don't forget about beer. We're, we're debating the beer. Oh, well, today we're doing vino, but whatever. You know what I mean. It's Vino Verde? Mm-hmm. Well, actually, this is, it's from Brazil, so it's Vino Verde. Is that how you would say that? Uh, probably. Okay. Um, okay. We're not drunk enough to do it right, but anyway. 
Um, but yeah, we have, again, so thank you so much for that. Um, and we have one final song uh, that we're going to be sign- signing off with. Um, this is uh, Los Espíritus, which is an, an old project by Lido Pimienta and Tony Gallardo. Um, and the song is called Pacifico Atlántico. And um, it's, a, it's just a really chill, really beautiful song. It's really heartbreaking. Um, Lido Pimienta sings it from the point of view of like this young girl. Um, I, I would, I, again, from listening to the song, I would guess like that this is a teenager, young teenager. Um, and sort of like going through like a sexual discovery, um, you know, uncertainty, not knowing what's going to happen. And, and she's confiding with, um, I don't even want to say her lover, but like with her love interest, um, that, you know, her parents may not understand because they are both of the same sex. Um, and sort of that, it, it really conveys that sort of fear that you feel when you are uh, a teenager and sort of figuring out what's happening to you. Um, and I think it's really poignant that the song is called Pacifico Atlantico. It's sort of, you know, the Pacific Ocean and the Atlantic Ocean and like the vast amount of land in between and sort of it's maybe symbolizing that, that emptiness, that, that sort of um, vastness, that sort of... Uh, I don't, I don't, that void, um, that you need to traverse that very long tunnel, um, with a tiny light at the end of it, you know, that you have to get through, um, to sort of arrive at, at the place in your life where you're comfortable and you're stable and you know your path. And, you know, when you're 13 and, um, a, 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 a young queer trying to figure it all out, your family is not always going to be, uh, supportive, um, and it's a lot of, is something that people, you know, still deal with today, something I certainly felt when I was growing up. Um, and sort of, I, I appreciate that uh, in the song Lido Pimienta speaks to that, to that loneliness, um, you know. And always remember, there's, there's more people like you out there, you know. You're special, but you're not that special, right? Like, there's, you're not the only one feeling these feelings. You know, there are 7 billion people on this earth. There's another person like you out there somewhere. It may take you a while to find them, but they're out there. Um, I don't know if there's anything that you want to add to that, Bev. Just that this song is really beautiful. Mm. And uh, when you uh, sent it to me, I thought it was the most perfect thing to close this out. Um, I feel like the sound is very healing. And I think that's something um, Lido Pimienta does really well. And I like that this shows a little bit more of, of Tony's spiritual side, too. Mm-hmm. You know? Oh, definitely. I mean, the beats, the, the, like, if you listen to the actual musicality of it, it definitely has that Tony signature, uh, like, that slight jitteriness. Um, there's almost even a little, like, very, very light, like, like a like a ruidoson ballad of sorts. It mm. sounds a little bit more like Granada than like his more up-tempo stuff. Um, Los Espíritus only had two songs. Um, you know, if you know what the other song is, uh, let us know. We might like shout you out on the ne- next episode. Um, Los Espíritus is one of those really fun um, sort of lightning in a bottle projects in like Latin indie. So um, if you want to know the other track, let us know. We'll, we might play it in the next episode. But until next time, uh, I'm Richard Villegas, and this is Beverly Bryan. And you guys have just listened to Song Mess. Hope this episode helped. Happy Pride, everybody.
voy a ver.